This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. Hi, this is Kathy Worthington. Welcome to our latest edition of Late Boomers. Today we have as our special guest, Lauren St. George, who is a coach and a consultant. She helps companies and individuals navigate change, overcome challenges, and imagine truly creative solutions. Lauren is the founder of What's Next, a one-of-a-kind, highly engaging program that helps people figure out their best next chapter. And I'm Mary Elkins. Lauren has discovered that the need for change is often triggered by a major life event, such as divorce, grief, empty nester, or retirement, or feeling stuck and unsure of what to do next. Lauren has helped hundreds of people find their solutions. We look forward to finding out all about some of her methods. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you both. It's lovely to be here. Great to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and what led to your discovery of this life path for yourself? Oh, I'd love to. Um, I think for me, it's been a sort of culmination of my career thus far. I started off in in branding and marketing um, and found a niche working with innovation uh, departments within companies, uh, which led me to this, this degree that I got, this master's degree in creativity. A lot of people think of creativity as the ability to to write or to draw, to do those sorts of things. But creativity, at the end of the day, is the ability to solve challenges. Um, and so it's the science of how we naturally solve challenges. And so I, I got really interested in that. And, and that became something that I consult with businesses. But I found that the methodologies that I was using with businesses worked equally well for individuals. And it took my mom saying to me that she she retired early at, at 55, um, that she wished she'd spent more time thinking about what she was retiring to versus what she was retiring from, for me to go, I wonder if I could put something together that could really help people mm. decide what their next chapter is um, using you know my what I've learned to date. And so what's next was born from that. I think that's, that's amazing. Great. And I didn't know you could major in creativity or get a master's in creativity there are not a lot of programs around that do it but yes there is uh, wow. yeah there is one. <laughs> yeah um, that's that's just really engaging i'm ready to go <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely it was definitely i found my tribe we had a mixture of people that were uh you know self-employed business owners we had people who came out of corporate and then we had people within the teaching field because i think we found that with exponential change that's happening in the world that you know my children 
uh, are going to do jobs that don't exist today. And so, how do we how do we prepare people for what's coming? And one of the you know one of the major things that I think organizations are looking for is is creativity, is that ability to to think outside of the box, to solve challenges um, that you know that no one knows how to solve, and to really come at things from different angles. And so. Um, it brought this really interesting group of people together who are all interested in, in learning, you know, more about those methods. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, what are the five simple questions we have to answer to transform our lives? They're simple, but they're not easy. Uh, a lot of what I do is is you, I try to make the, the process and the tools as easy as possible, but they're, they're, they're not easy because it requires one having to be vulnerable uh, and honest with yourself. Um, So I think it starts with really asking yourself, where do you want to be three years from now? And I don't say one year because we tend to overestimate what we can get done in a year. Um, (laughs) And we tend to underestimate what we can do in three. So I like to, you know, ask people to think further ahead so that you give yourself the time to get there. Um, because I think we have to we have to be open to the fact that we're going to learn things along the way. We may change our plan. Life happens. So you know, give yourself the, the time to get to whatever that next that next milestone is. And I think once you once you start to look at you know where you want to be three years from now, you really need to look at you know where you are today. Uh, and where you'd like to be and, and look at your life from every possible angle. So the relationships in your life, your health and wellness, your career and finances, uh, you know, intellectually, are you stimulated right now or do you need to figure out things for that? Uh, for some people, it's their environment. You're living somewhere that you actually love to be um, and your spiritual life. For some, that's religion. For others, it can be uh, meditation or, or yoga or just finding time for themselves, right? So I think once you know where you're headed, then you can start to plan how you get there. So the next question is, why is this important to me? Uh, to me, the most important question to ask answer is the why. Because if you don't know what's motivating you to actually achieve a goal, then you're never going to get there because it becomes the fuel in your tank that when when things get difficult or when you set have a setback, if you understand really what's driving you, uh, you know, and, and that, that takes peeling back the layers and really being honest with yourself about the, what's driving you. That to me is the most important question is the why. Um, and then once you, once you know where you're going, you know why you're going there, then you need to look at what's what's in the way. What are the obstacles? What are the challenges? What are the things that 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 could prevent you from getting there? And you look at them from you know I, I like to sort them into uh, small, medium, and large. You know what are the things I could easily overcome? What are the things that are going to take a little bit more time and effort? And what are the things that might be insurmountable or they're so large I need to figure a way around them? Right? And then tackle them whichever way you prefer. I like to tell people to start with the smaller things because if, as you start to get some wins, you continue to keep yourself motivated to keep going. And then the next question is, how do I overcome those obstacles? So you start to solution, you start to think about which ones do I want to tackle? Now, you certainly don't want to look at some long list of all the stuff. You want to try and prioritize it and go, what, what's the most important things that if I can overcome these things, um, is going to move the needle, right? And I'm going to see the progress. I'm going to feel like I'm moving forward. Um, and then how do I stay motivated is the, is the next question. Cause motivation is, is, is a cycle. It ebbs and flows. There's days we feel more motivated than others. And so I think we've a need to be compassionate with ourselves that it's not always going to be easy. 
uh, some days getting out of bed is enough, right? And then, and then on the days that you have that energy, how are you gonna? What are you gonna tackle next? What, what, what's that one thing you can do to keep yourself going forward? Um, and so I like I like people to start off with simple like two minute things that they can do, um, so that you are starting to already feel like you're progressing forward. So for instance, if you uh, want to start to take up yoga. A two-minute thing might be, I need to go and find my yoga mat. Simple as that. I just, today, I'm going to go find my yoga mat. Tomorrow, I'm going to find a yoga class that I want to go to. And so, you know, just starting to incrementally do those things, you'll get to where you want to go. Um, you really from, have to know yourself, don't you, to uh, actually proceed with these uh, questions and answers you do you do and i mean that is partly why i started a program right because i do it as a as a group coaching and, and you need accountability so i do recommend that you find you find at least someone in your life that's there to kind of you know to lean on occasionally to help you do things i mean if you if you have someone who's going to go to the gym with you you're that much more likely to show up right you don't want to let that person down in the process you're getting yourself to the gym so those opportunities when you can when you can uh, find accountability i've had i've had people who've you know they've they've put it out on online that they're 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 um starting to train to do a triathlon now they've put it out there so they know people are going to start asking them how they're doing so whatever ways you can find accountability in your own life uh i think is helpful and, and it's part of how you can stay motivated well why do you think people fear change and how do they overcome that fear oh that's a big question uh fear change yeah. um i think change I think at the end of the day, uh, my belief is our brain is a tool and we have the ability to use it for good or for bad. Uh, we also have the ability to program it and put things into it that help us to get to where we're trying to go. So I think when you understand how your brain works, you, you're in a much stronger position to get to where you want to go. So change is really, it's, it's, it's your brain is trying to keep you safe. We are, we have, uh, a part of our brain that's considered like our primitive brain. It's it's our earliest brain that we had, and it's all about that's where fight and flight live. So when you are when you perceive a threat, fight or flight kicks in. So now we're not we're not being chased by woolly mammoths anymore, uh, thank goodness. Uh, but you know anything from as something as simple as a new idea or something that uh, looks like change can be seen as threatening, and we go into fight or flight. Our, our brains are designed to keep us safe at the end of the day. And so keeping to patterns and things that make us feel safe is the way your brain's going to want to go. So when, when something that even can be really exciting to you comes into your life as a potential change, your brain is naturally going to fight against it. And you'll hear that little, that little voice in your head that goes, no, I can't do that no, that's not going to work or whatever that, that inner voice starts to say. And so I believe that if the first step is understanding that that's, that's how you, you're wired um, and to listen out for that voice because you don't have to listen to it just because it's there. Our, our inner voice is, isn't always our best friend. Um, and so I think fear of change is, is partially that we're biologically programmed to try and stay as in our comfort zone. Um, and the comfort zone is safe, but it's not, it's not where we grow. It's not where we learn. It's not where we, you know, progress to that next, that next stage of life. So to me, that's where change, that sort of fear of change lives. And so there's a myriad of things you can do to, to work with that. 
I think I think asking those five questions, having a plan uh, on how you're going to achieve that change, breaking it down into small doable steps, um, making sure you reward yourself and celebrate the wins as you have them, um, all are things that can take some of that fear out of the equation because you're doing it incrementally, you're doing it at your pace, you're doing smaller steps, and you have a plan um, because oftentimes change that fear of change is also connected to risk. Am I going to get it wrong? You know, that fear of failure comes in. Um, and so if we can, yeah, if that's we, what I wanted to ask you on the next, my next thought was oh, how do you take that first step when you're afraid you'll get it wrong? Well, part of it, I think is a mindset shift. It's, it's, it's taking, it's thinking of it more like, um, more like an innovator. Um, you're experimenting, you're trying things. Um, we came we 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 were taught in the education system that we need to get the right answer the first time we've come out of a you know we've come out of a, a system that that really rewards you for the a's it doesn't reward you for the failures and so you know i think we have to give ourselves the grace to say uh i'm not necessarily going to get it right the first time but what did i learn how can i do it differently the next time and to try and change that mindset to having having more fun how how many how many ways could I actually get this wrong? Allowing myself to get things wrong so that I can learn. Um, trying to do things in uh, in a way where you're sort of prototyping them. Um, you know, the Dyson vacuum. I think that the ads talked about that there was 500 different versions of it right before one ever hits the marketplace. Um, they prototyped and they kept trying till they found the right way. And and so I think for us, if we can find whatever it is that you're working towards, if you can find a way of prototyping it, of doing something that feels a little less risky and just dipping your toe in the water and trying it, um, that you can you can take some of that fear out as well. So if you're interested in doing something, maybe you know maybe you can find someone in your circle or you know even even further out in social media or on LinkedIn and ask them if you can talk to them about, you know, that new, that new role that maybe you've never, you've never had as a career and start to ask those questions and to, and to find out more information. Because I think. Yeah. I was going to ask you mm-hmm. how we can motivate ourselves. That's one way uh, reaching out social media or friends or something, but mm-hmm. how, what, what are some other suggestions to motivate ourselves to do something that's important to us, but we can't seem to get started. Oh, well, that's the thing. Motivation and action. They are, um, <laughs> they live together, but sometimes one comes before the other. Um, and I think most of the time it's action before motivation. So uh, it's much easier, uh, again, to sit on the couch and binge watch some TV <laughs> and uh, eat some potato chips or whatever it is that you like to eat. And, and it's that's a comfortable, easy place. But if I really do want to lose the 20 or 30 pounds that I know I need to lose. I have to get off that couch. Um, and there is the motivation is not necessarily there. Um, you have to sometimes force yourself to do things, but as, as you see yourself going to the gym, as you start to feel better, you start to find that you have more motivation and it keeps going. There are times when you're motivated before action. Sometimes, you know, people can be highly motivated to say started, started their own business. Um, and that will that motivation will lead to the action or to write a book or you know you may have that desire and and you can sit down and do it um, and that leads to the action so it's it's a you know it can it's cyclical it sometimes you know it's just 
unfortunately, we have to sometimes push ourselves to do that. And again, I think we do that by finding the simplest, easiest step that you can do it, rewarding yourself when you do do it, um, finding accountability from from the people around you to help you going, help you go when when you you know when you lose some steam, um, being compassionate with yourself when you don't don't necessarily go and do whatever that day, um, knowing that you're going to get up the next morning and try again. Um, you know. Yeah. Well, it, that's that's fascinating to me. Um, you you had mentioned writing a book, but um, to motivate yourself to rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite it till you <laughs> get it right is a different story than just saying, "Oh, I think I want to write that book," and then you maybe start it, but then having to motivate yourself after that that requires um, outsmarting your brain. So. How do you outsmart your brain when your brain is saying, I'd rather sit on the couch or I'd rather not do that? Um, what are the secrets to that? Um, I think outsmarting your brain is, again, is it's understanding how it works um, and then and then finding finding ways to, to, um, to work against those things. So, you know, I think outsmarting your brain can include uh, understanding that you have that inner, that inner voice that's going to say, oh, no, don't just do that tomorrow. Go, go sit on the couch and watch the next episode. You, you can write <laughs> 10 pages tomorrow instead of five pages today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's having then the, the the response, having an affirmation or having a response to to that inner voice that goes, you know, no, I, I, I have promised myself that I'm going to do five pages today, so I'm going to do that. Um, I, again, I think your why is incredibly important in that because if if it's one thing to write the book but maybe that's as far as you need to go maybe you just have a story you need to get out of you it's very different if you want that book to be on someone else's shelf if you want someone else to read it if you want it actually published um then you know then yes it's a different process because because you want to iterate on it you want the best possible product so i think if you understand what the why is then then you will be that much more likely to to iterate it on, on it to, to make the edits to keep trying until you think it's the best possible thing you can put out into the world. Um, but I think, yes, I think things like affirmations, I think gratitude is an amazing way to, to outsmart your brain um, and to put you into a, a positive, a positive place. It's certainly gratitude has been, has been researched for, for, for a long time now. And there, it has such remarkable ways that it can change your life. I mean, it's changed, it's changed mine over the last two years after, um, a, a big loss in our life, and it is it is uh, certainly helped me to remember that there is still a lot of positive um, in my life, even even after a huge loss. And so, um, I've made it into a game with my with my four year old at night when he's lying in bed. I will ask him, you know, what what are the three things you're grateful for what, from today? Um, because I want him to take that tool into his life. Um, and I do that, so we we do that together. It's a simple thing to add in, but over time, and most of this, most of these things are things that you need to do on a consistent basis, right? To actually see the benefit of them. Um, but it reminds you of what you do still have, um, and it does, and it helps you to, I think, live a life in duality because you can still you can still be sad, but you can also be reminded of the things that are the positives in your life. Um, so I think gra- gratitude, um, people have certainly been, you know, the research shows that people are, are much more productive. They're, they are happier. They, um, they, if you're in a positive mindset, 
that you're able to get so much more done in your life and you are able to find the motivation to to achieve things. Um, and then I think mindfulness is the third one that I'd say. Um, mindfulness is, is just being aware in the moment of something. So, um, you, you know, when you're having that sip of tea in the morning, um, you know, actually being mindful of this moment that I'm having for myself that is, you know, that is for me and I can hear the birds and, and I could hear, you know, I could hear the music and whatever it is, it's with putting yourself in, into that, that place and, and being mindful of the now because we spend so much of our time living either in the past or in the future and we forget about the present time. So, you know, mindfulness is, is amazing at reminding you of the, where you are right now. Um, being, you know, being appreciative of the view out your window or that meal that you just had and, and, and reminding yourself to be in the now. So those, those are some ways to, to train your brain. I think that's wonderful because the yeah. research on brains, left brain, right brain, I've been looking into this a lot. And if we just stay in our left brain, sorry, planning, 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 we, we don't access the creativity that's right brain, which mm-hmm. I think we access when we, we have that gratitude yep. and feel the gratitude. We start going in much more into the creative side of the brain, right? Do, I've do, also yeah. heard that. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. um, I've, also, I've also heard that gratitude, people who are grateful live longer. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah. Right. Our minds, our minds are, are amazingly powerful. Uh, I, I saw it even, you know, with my grandfather many years ago, who when he was diagnosed with cancer, um, you know, the 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 approach that he took in believing that he, that he would be okay, and and um, really the positive attitude he had going into um, fighting cancer, they had, they had given him actually the family did not tell him, but the doctors had said that he had about two months to live. No one told him that, and so he, you know, in his uh, in his positive mindset, saying that, that he was going to fight this, ended up living another two years. Um, so I, I think our minds are amazingly powerful, um, and if we can use them to our own, you know, to our own benefit and to to live a better life, um, that's, that's so nice that they stopped him, from the stop the doctors from telling him mm-hmm. because it can just drag you down. It can. But, when would you say is the best time to make change happen in our lives? Oh, the best time to make change happen in your life now, tomorrow, always. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, the sooner, yeah. I mean, the sooner the better, right? We, like we, during this podcast, right, right yeah, now, exactly, yeah. right now. Um, I, yeah, the, there's always going to be an excuse, right? There's there's never really a perfect time to make change happen. Um, sometimes you know, life force forces us to do that. Um, you know, for instance, the, you know, the, the flood that happened in our house that finally forced us to renovate it. But I mean, most of the time it's, it's, you have to make the first step. And so the longer you wait, it's just the longer before you get started. And it's the longer before you hit that dream that you have. Right. And that is very wise. Yeah. Um, well, what if people, how do they overcome not having a good support system if that is the case? Support systems, yeah, they're they're crucial. I think um, you don't they don't have to be big, um, but I think you start you start by writing a list of probably the five to ten people that you spend the most time with, 
um, and then look at that list of people and go, are, they, are, they, are these people who really would support me in whatever it is that I want to do next? Um, are they going to be the people that hold me up or are they going to be the people that try to stop me? The ones that are saying, oh, you know, maybe this is not the best idea for you or now's not the right time or whatever those things are. Um, and then you look at that list and you, and you go, well, who, who comes along on this journey with me? It doesn't mean you have to get rid of people, but who do I, who do I open up to and actually tell that this is something I want to do? Again, you know, the, like the book example, you might not want to tell everyone that you're about to write a book, um, but you may want to tell one or two key people in your life because they're going to be interested and they're going to ask you about it. Maybe they want to read it. Maybe they want to help you edit it, whatever it is. But um, so I think you decide who you, you, I think you'd be very careful about who you tell these things to. Um, and then on that list, you look and see, are there gaps? Like, do I need to find new people in my life? Do I need to write a? Do I need to join a writer circle where I'm surrounded by people who are all excited about writing books? I'm going to be that much more likely to write the book if I'm surrounded by other writers, right? Um, and and then the people that you know, family members we can't get rid of, so we just maybe we don't tell them that that's what we're doing, right? We we be very selective about who we share with. Um, so and if you don't have that support system around you, then I think you go out and, and find it. Um, by joining groups or finding people who have similar interests or um, yeah, making, making new friends who are going to help in that next step. And some of that can be just done online too. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of those kind of groups you can find help and support. There are groups online you can post and get feedback and stuff. Not necessarily for writing a book, but of course. Right. For anything. Writing groups are very important for auth- all the authors we've interviewed. Say they have one. Mm-hmm. That's right. Very, yeah. Very but even a personal support system. That's um, you would recommend reaching out to friends and finding people who perhaps have gone through the same things that you have. I would gather. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think you do try to find people who've, who've had similar journeys. Finding someone who's done what you want to do even better. Right, because if they can mentor you and and can help you learn some of the the lessons that they wish they'd learned, you know, before they made the mistakes they made. So absolutely, if there's if there's people in your life who you know have started a business and you're interested in starting a business, go go and talk to them and see if they'll you know mentor you or, or be in your life as you as you start your business. Finding people who've been successful in the things that you want to do is a great motivator because because they can help help you along the way. Absolutely. And along those lines, I was going to ask you, you've given us some, but what, what is your main advice for us to live a more fulfilling life? <laughs> I, uh, I, think, for that. I think it's to try and stay in a, uh, in a state of curiosity. Um, I think if we stay oh. curious, um, if we, if we don't, um, if we don't slip, if we don't allow ourselves to slip into that comfort zone, if we're constantly curious, if we're looking to learn, if we're looking to grow, um, I think that's how we live a more fulfilling life. Um, you know, I think there's, I think there's three, there's three. Uh, I, I think of fulfillment as as like a three-legged stool. That there's three legs, and if one of the legs is off, you're going to feel a little topsy turvy. Um, the first is engagement. Um, are you engaged in something in your life? It does not need to be. Um, it doesn't need to be work. It could be hobbies. It could be any kinds of things. But are you? Do you feel engaged? Um, those are those moments in your life when you experience flow. Your time ceases to exist. You, you, um, you're you're really you know 
uh, into something and, and, and you're 100% there, you're present. Um, the second is, is self-care. Are you doing things just for you? Um, they can be small or large. Are you, are you getting a massage occasionally? Are you, are you going for walks, you know, with yourself? Are you traveling? Whatever those things are that you consider self-care. Um, and then the, the third one is giving back. Do you feel like you're giving back? And it, that doesn't necessarily mean giving money or volunteering, but in some way, are you helping others? Um, I think those, those three areas that if, if those are in balance, I think you'll, you will feel more fulfilled. Oh, Do you have that. any personal uh, stories you can recount to us about that? About fulfillment? Yeah. In, uh, in your own life. <sighs> I, you know, I, I, I think that starting, starting what's next has been really fulfilling for me. Uh, the work that I do with businesses it's great, and and I enjoy the people that I work with and the and the problems that we solve. But oftentimes that that doesn't hit the the marketplace, so I don't see the fruition of of my work for for months or years. Um, to me, helping people to figure out what they want to do next is very fulfilling, um, because in a very short period of time, my program's only six weeks long, um, but it's really in depth, and in that period of time, I see people shift. Um, we break down mind, you know, mindset barriers. We help. I help people get from unstuck to, to a place of being clear. Um, and I, I see the progress for them, um, and the ahas that they have. For me, that's that's very fulfilling. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, in the in the three legged stool, that's my that's both my uh, feeling engaged, but it's also it's also a way of, of giving of giving back um, to to yeah. others and sharing sharing the knowledge that I have. That's great. Okay. Uh, you, um, you, you definitely touched on this, but what are good practices to keep us motivated, motivated in order to reach a goal? Um, I think that the most, imp- one of the most important things is to really curate what goes into what goes into your brain. So be mindful of what are you listening to, what are you reading, who are the people that are around you, what is the what is the world that surrounds you because that will ultimately affect your mindset. So if, if you're turning on the TV first thing in the morning and watching the news, you're already putting yourself into a very specific mindset that's likely yeah. to go with you for the rest of the day. So I think being, being, uh, being mindful of, of, of what, what you're consuming is important. I think being mindful of um, especially how you f- spend those first few hours of the morning because that will set the tone for the rest of the day. So not grabbing your phone the second you wake up and checking your email, um, but taking some time to yourself and maybe you know going for a walk or journaling or meditating or any of those things that's going to set you set you off to a good start for the day. Um, I think those are ways that you can you can help to keep yourself in a positive mindset um, and help to keep you motivated to hit, hit the goals that you have. Such good advice. And what about if people are not happy with their lives and they feel stuck? How do we get unstuck? Oh, I think unstuck. We first start by reacquainting ourselves with ourselves. Um, along the way through life, we take on things uh, that are that can be other people's. And that's not to say that's a bad thing. I mean, in relationships and having children and spouses and bosses and friends, we, we take on other people's stuff. Um, and some somewhere along the line, we oftentimes 
we'll let go of a dream that we had because we've taken on a, a different dream. Maybe, you know, the dream of the family that you created. But I think it's important to start by going, what are the things that are most important to me? What, what's, what's mine? What's someone else's? Um, what are the things that I, that I, you know, when I was 20, wish that I had done um, and, and maybe haven't and all those things that I still want to do. Um, another thing within getting reacquainted with yourself is your values. Um, you know, when's the last time you wrote down what sort of your top five values were? Um, I think they change over time. Um, and again, it's a, we sometimes take on other people's values. We, you know, uh, when I work with younger people that they're, they're, they're coming forward with values that they've, that they've learned from their, from their parents, uh, they aren't necessarily theirs. Um, so I think if you, if you, if you were to take the time to, and you can Google values, lists of values, and you'll get a starter list. There's plenty of them out there. Um, but look at those and what are your top five values? And then are those top five values? things that you are yours are there things you want to keep are there values that are going to help you get to the next stage of your life and if they aren't what do you want to replace them with Hmm. and then i think you need to sort of you know uh put those up somewhere where you see them and i think that's a practice that you should do every few years is to sort of really look at but do it do these still hold true are they still important to me are they still helping me get where i want to go I love the idea of grabbing a list first off of Google yes. or whatever mm-hmm. and, and honing it down, like zeroing in on it, kind of like that word game that they put on Facebook all over the t- place where they say, first three words are your words for the year or the month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are all these words that are all scrambled in there, but, you know, and you're just supposed to pick one. Mm-hmm. And I, I, love that, I, I love that idea of Googling a list of values. I have yeah. not heard that put that way before. No, you got to start. You got to start from somewhere, so it at least Instead helps you get think going. Of what they are. Yeah, yeah. We and then have them already, but we don't necessarily put them into words like that. And our values, our, our values will underpin the, the sort of our beliefs, and our beliefs lead to the decisions that we make in our life. So, if 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 something's out of whack with your values, you may find that it's impacting your belief system, the decisions that you make. So I, I always think that that's a really good place to start. Uh-huh. Some people aren't even in tune with their own values because they've mm-hmm. come off learning their parents' values. And then where are they? They're thrown mm-hmm. out into the world. Um, exactly. How, how would you suggest people actually hone in on understanding their own values? I mean, I think it is starting starting with that list and really reading through it, and it, it may it's probably going to be a process of you know crossing off everything that's an absolute no, and then looking at what's left and going you know what are these five things that that really um, that really stand out to me and ring ring true right that, that you're going to feel it I think when you read it like that's me right um, and then you look at that and go well is that the me that I want to be. Hmm. Um, and that that Good might advice. be where you, because if 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 say comfort and stability is a value that you have, but you're wanting to make this huge step of leaving leaving the corporate world and starting your own business, those two things are at odds. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. So, <laughs> so, do you truly want to start the business? Yes. Well, then then maybe that that value is is it's got to change. Maybe you've got to, or maybe you've got to address what's really underpinning that that value of stability and, and comfort 
um, what's what's motivating and driving it and 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 are you okay with it being that way because maybe then you don't need to start a business because starting a business is uncertain and can be unstable and it can it can feel very risky um so if maybe you need to look at it another way and it doesn't mean that you don't start the business i've had i've had clients who who were uh you know who were un, uncertain about it but knew they wanted to certainly the risk of it was hard um there are other ways you can start businesses there's franchises out there which are you know created systems and businesses that you could buy um that have support systems that have people you can call when you have a question that feels for some people like a lot less risky it feels more comfortable you can still be your own business owner um but you've got a support system that's helping you you know with that that company because you're buying into that so you know there's always there's always creative ways of doing things but i think you have to certainly understand what's what's underpinning it what, what are the values and what are the motivators that are under that Mm-hmm. A lot of people, uh, women especially, have the feelings that they they have that imposter syndrome. So, how do they gain self confidence, and how do they learn to believe more in themselves? I think uh, I, I'm, I am one for lists. Uh, I, I think you you start by creating that list of all of your strengths. What are, what are all of your strengths, and 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 you don't let yourself off the hook by going, I don't have any, um, <laughs> because because there's a variety of skills out there that aren't, you know, again aren't uh, based in 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 business. Uh, you can be a really great friend. You can be a good listener. You know, you can be caring and giving of your time. Um, what are all of your strengths? Um, and then I think you also do one that's weaknesses, but I think at this, as we get you know into our forties and and above, those weaknesses are no longer things that that I, I don't like to think of them as negatives. They're either areas that I never want to go into. So someone might say that their weakness is mathematics. Well, fine, you're never going to become an accountant. You're probably okay with that idea. Um, so I think the weaknesses can 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 certainly show you that these are areas that I'm just not. You know, I'm not interested in going into them, or I need to find someone who can take on that that aspect of it. If I am, say, starting a business, or even in running a household, right? If, if, if math is not something you love, then your spouse should probably pay the bills, or whatever those things are. I think it's always good to be aware of what you're good at and what you aren't. Uh-huh. Um, I think talking to talking to friends um, in my program, we start off with a, a survey that people actually send out to their friends um, that ask questions around what do you think I, that I'm good at? Um, what are the areas that you think would be interesting that I should look into or, or pursue? Um, what's what's a time that stands out to you? What's a story that stands out to you that that you think you know is quintessential to the way that you think about me, and I think people that that one in particular I think is really fun because people get examples back from their friends. They're like, I, I had no idea that that moment in time, that incident, has had such a profound effect on on you and the way that you think about me. Um, and and so I, I think some of those some of those things can really help to remind you that that you have so much to give to the world. Um, that's and, a good idea. It's like staging your own memorial mm-hmm. before you're gone. <laughs> there you go. Just like I that. want to hear what you say about me while I'm still here, right? Yeah. Like they do on TV. And I have one yeah. last question. What would you like our listeners to have as their main takeaway today? 
that that you can do anything you set your mind to. That 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 most of what stops us from from reaching the goals and dreams that we have is internal. It's it the the stuff on the outside. There's always a solution for it. Um, you can always find a way. Um, but I think our mind our mind is the thing that we have to work work with the most. Um, and anything is possible once you get your head into the right place. That's Lovely. great. Thank you so much, Lauren. Our guest today on Late Boomers has been Lauren St. George, coach and consultant, founder of What's Next. You can find her on www.answerwhatsnext.com. You can visit there to book a call. Anyone who mentions our Late Boomers podcast will receive a 20% discount when they sign up for her program. Thanks so much for being here with us today, Lauren. That was wonderful. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And we want to remind our listeners about our new YouTube channel called Late Boomers Podcast. Please subscribe to that and you can see us on video. Also, we are all on all podcast platforms and would love you to subscribe so you don't miss any of our weekly episodes. Please follow us on Instagram at Late Boomers and at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins. We are working together to try to bring you the best content and interviews that we can find in order to help us all live our best lives. Thanks again, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact.